From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 419. This show is brought to you by Indeed, Bombus, and Fitbod. My name is Mike Hurley, and I have the pleasure of introducing Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm good. It is also my pleasure to introduce no, no one else. Steven is not here. Someone's on vacation. Steven is on a mission. Oh. A mission to relax. <laughs> you know? <laughs> is, would that be relaxing? I don't think I would find that very relaxing. Well, if someone put me on a mission to relax. Well, sometimes you got to force. So, like, though, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, there were times in previous summers when Silvia was like, look, you need to relax. Uh, like, like when I was mm-hmm. working on the iOS review, it was like, now you are going to relax. And like being sort of, you know, <laughs> forced relaxation, because sometimes if you tend to be like a workaholic, like I tend to be, which is an unfortunate side of my, um, of myself that I dislike more and more as time goes on. But it was actually helpful to have someone tell you, look, no, you're going to relax now, and I don't care. And so it does work in the right context, I think, but not for everybody. Not for everybody. Mm-hmm. iOS 16.1 continues on the weekly beta cycle. Okay, so we're jumping straight into follow-up. Which, oh, yeah, follow-up. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is how I run the show, you know? Yes. We're back to, like military style just okay. topic to topic you know okay okay i like it how anything that is good for you <laughs> in this bit are you <laughs> excited about it in any way or what uh no change okay. i would say and that like this is not a case of no change is good no uh, no change bad news because i was hoping to see some changes uh, I don't think, uh, as long as um, iPadOS, which is now at beta 12, I believe, um, iPadOS 16.1, now at beta e- either 11 or 12. Oh, if you add up the two. Right. It actually says that uh, when you update on iPadOS, oh. I think it says it says the number. I'm pretty sure it's uh, oh. 11, maybe. Uh, anyway, um, uh, there are no changes from last week. Um we talk all the bugs we talked about in terms of remember when i said if i want to use my magic keyboard uh i need to disable two settings for it uh that still that still happens so i upgraded i updated to the latest beta yesterday and out of curiosity i went back to the default keyboard meaning the keyboard with a quick type a quick type um autocorrect predictions Mm -hmm. enabled um and of course as soon as i re-enabled those in the latest version of ipados 16.1 with stage manager uh when i opened a new window in spring or in mail or even when i tried to reply to a mess to a text in the messages app um it just wouldn't type it wouldn't type and it wouldn't let me use keyboard shortcuts by holding down the command key like it was totally unresponsive and if i disabled once again quick type uh, predictive suggestions and shortcuts uh, from keyboard settings it started working again which makes me wonder like how can you ship something like okay let's let's play play this out okay so let's say they don't fix this right 
what they're gonna release iperos uh, 16 in in, a, in about a week or so um millions of people are gonna update they'll be like oh stage manager what's stage manager they're gonna enable that they open messages because they want to reply to a text or they want to uh, compose an email you know whatever mm-hmm. they have an ipad pro they have a magic keyboard because that's the accessory that apple sells you and the keyboard is not going to work How's that for a first experience with Stage Manager? I mean, like, I've reached a point where I'm just, like, looking at this in disbelief. Like, I don't even know what to think anymore. Honestly. I don't know. Like, I have I, I have asked myself, like, am I losing my mind here? Like, is it just me? But And I know that it's not just me because I see other people complain about the same things. So, keyboard doesn't work unless you disable a bunch of settings. Um... The other stuff that I mentioned, uh, like sometimes one of your windows gets taken from one workspace and thrown into another, uh-huh. that still happens in the latest beta, and I think it has actually increased for me. Like sometimes, and this is so hard to describe on a podcast, but I will try. Sometimes, let's say that I'm in workspace number one. There's a mail and Safari and shortcuts, and there's workspace number two. There's notes and reminders. Sometimes when I'm in workspace number one and I am using uh, Safari, I hit command tab. Sometimes what happens is that Safari gets taken out of workspace one and put into workspace two. Like I, I, they, but only sometimes. Other times it takes two windows from one workspace and puts them in another. Like it totally feels like like why you're just these windows are attached to a string and you're just stringing them along like randomly? I don't understand. So you're in a space and you press Command Tab and then it takes you to another space, but some windows come with you. <laughs> yes. Mm. Maybe they just like you the most, you know? Like that's how <laughs> like, you know no, the windows don't leave that love us. you. <laughs> Take us with you. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, these windows have separation anxiety. Don't um, leave us with shortcuts. That's so buggy. <laughs> oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I know that we've been banging this drum for like two months. And I I have no doubt that there is a portion of our listenership that is like, please stop. Like, I yeah, don't yeah. want to hear about this anymore. Yeah, like, I get it. I, I get it. But like, I just don't understand <laughs> how yeah. it... I can understand how software can get into this kind of state. Like, of course, oh, yeah. it's being oh, developed, yeah. right? But yeah. you've got to... F- I mean, but there is a concern when... We're going to talk about this later on in the show. The expectation is it is but weeks away. And yeah. again, like, there being bugs now, of course they can be fixed in time. But when there are some bugs that have existed for multiple weeks, it feels concerning but like it makes you wonder like let's let's go like very practical here does craig federighi use this like in his daily work does he use it like i don't i don't understand because i feel like am i losing my mind here that i find it you know annoying if the magic keyboard doesn't work (sighs) is it just me like i don't i don't get it I think that there is a there is definitely a sliding scale here because like I have sixteen point one on my iPad Air 
and I use my iPad Air very infrequently, but I use it. I don't have any of these bugs because I'm not using it like you are. And that is not to say that they're not there, right? But yeah. I think that there could be a concern that it is not being used wide enough, yes. Because I would never know that these problems existed because I never attach my 11-inch iPad Air to a Magic Keyboard because I just ah, don't see? use it that way, right? See, see that's the that's thing. I honestly, because I also have the same setup. Again, out of curiosity, I was planning to keep my iPad Air on 15. But out of desperation, I guess, not curiosity, mm-hmm. desperation was like, you know, let me try Stage Manager on this as well without a Magic Keyboard. And I'll tell you, Without a Magic Keyboard, it's so much better yep. on the iPad Air. But then I switched to the iPad Pro, you know, the flagship device with the accessory. I'm not even using a third-party accessory, in which case you may have the argument of, oh, but you're using a weird accessory. No, I'm using the Apple one, right? And you would expect that this is the quote-unquote ideal setup that I have, right? Mm-hmm, Fancy mm-hmm. iPad Pro a magic keyboard <laughs> and it's so much worse <laughs> like i think it's so sadly it does ironic seem like a lot of the issues that you're having are like external keyboard oh yeah related oh yeah mm. big time mm. and it's so sad again sadly ironic that it those i see the majority of issues on the best device that apple makes using their own arguably expensive accessory with it and i mean it's got the track like i'm not using a third-party trackpad i'm not using a third-party keyboard this is a magic keyboard but how come like and again it makes it goes back to the question like is anybody using this Mm, mm, mm. you know for actual work i'm not talking about like 20 minute sprint sessions to be like oh let me check my inbox and reply to my other fellow executives in the morning you know, like, I mean, actually sit down with the thing for two hours, three hours, get real work done. How come are we still here yeah. in this predicament? I, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I installed 16.1 on my iPhone. Oh, it's so much better there, right? I mean, yep. the, the iPhone is fine, I think. There was an, an app that I'm on the beta of got live activity support and I wanted to try it out. And it's it's really nice. Like, I'm really intrigued to see how widely adopted live activities are going to be. I think especially with the Dynamic Island phone uh, and the always-on display, it's actually a really cool feature because you know when I'm using the phone, I can just see it doing its thing in the Dynamic Island, and when the phone is locked, well, it just stays there on the always-on display. Like I feel like live activities really is the bridging part um, of the 14 line especially because like it bridges these two pieces of technology, actual physical hardware that they put in the thing. Um, but we need to, this still needs to happen and we need to see it like really heavily adopted. And I th- could imagine a situation where like it actually does help that there was, you did all the work for 16, you got that out of the door and now you have like developers like another month to do your live activity stuff. And like it may actually, I wouldn't be surprised if it helps, it would have helped a lot of developers development teams find the time to fully uh, integrate this thing and i really hope that they do because i think it could be uh really like a big change of use for a lot of users like less notifications in general because the phone is just like 
doing a thing in the background of some UI. So I'm really excited about it and I hope it's adopted at wide. Yeah. And I actually think of all the kinds of features that Apple does introduce, uh, a big new notification type, I wouldn't be surprised to see it adopted by a lot of large companies pretty quickly. Hmm. I'm really keen to try all of this, um, especially uh, with, with the with timery, like the timery live activity uh, for running timers in the dynamic islander on the lock screen. I think that's going to be huge for me. But I'm also like one of the fir- one of the first things I will try. Uh, that's it's not a live activity, but on the topic of of the iPhone 14 Pro, um, I think I'm going to use custom icons on my home screen again because of um, because of shortcuts and how the confirmation banner. If you use a custom icon for an app, it doesn't get in the way as much on the 14 Pro. It mm-hmm. just uh, you see the dynamic calendar expand, and it doesn't block interactions with the screen. So I think I'm gonna go all in on custom icons again. It's like mm-hmm. I cannot wait to get rid of that ugly Safari icon that I can't believe it's been what nine years that we had to endure that <laughs> Safari icon. Nine years with that okay. icon. Can you believe it? I don't think about it. You don't? No. Like, d- d- just look at it. Then you're gonna think about it. Uh, I mean, you have uh, you use you use Safari on your iPhone now, right? You yeah, don't of use Chrome. No. Yeah. I mean, look at it. I mean, honestly, like, it's fine because we've gotten used to it. But like, is it a good icon? Like, I've always like it's it's so bad. I mean, I love Safari, but the icon, man, it's so bad. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. When you're hiring, you're supposed to leave no stone unturned. But how do you actually do that? Easy. Partner with one powerful stone turner. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. If you hate waiting, Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment, the exact moment, that they sponsor a job. And hiring all in one place is made so easy with features like virtual interviews, which is really going to save you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. I love that all kept inside of one system, so it's not going to mess up your email inbox, that kind of stuff. That's fantastic. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in their database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash connected to start hiring now. That's I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash connected. Indeed.com slash connected. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing is not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our thanks to Indeed for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So I'm still using Spark. Okay. And, uh, and I've been given it. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm you know, I'm trying. I'm going. You know, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing, right? And some of the what's features. The, what's the thing? What What is like the thing? Like the thing. Like the whole thing. Are you finding focus? What are you doing? I mean, they got a thing now, right? Like they've got like their whole thing, and I'm and I'm doing it, and I'm like giving into it in a way. Like one of the features I like, I like their ability to block a sender. Like that, that's just part of the thing, and it's like it gives me the ability to screen. Some emails, like, that's cool. There are still features that are annoying me. Like, if I get a notification and that notification is for an email that should be classed in newsletter or whatever, if I mark it as done from the notification, it doesn't actually do anything inside of the application. Like, it's still there. Now, I can see that that's a bug, right? But, like, it's still annoying me, but I can still see that it's a bug. And, like, so I'm trying to, like, do what the app wants me to do now. Um, you know, like, I turned off same box as i mentioned and it's doing what you know i'm going in on their whole system i do prefer the same later folder so like i just never have to see a bunch of that stuff in my inbox similarly like having the newsletters and the notifications when i was using same box they were off on the sidebar and i would get them when i would want to but with this system they're still showing up like in the inbox right they're just like collapsed but they're still in the inbox which is really interesting to me is like their whole thing is like, oh, we want to focus your inbox. But they still put the stuff in the inbox. So it doesn't feel very focused. It's just like some things are a bit smaller. Spark do appear to have a roadmap. They publish this roadmap. They also sent out an email to uh, customers today kind of like talking a little bit about this. It feels like a bit of damage control kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy that they're doing it. And there's a few features that I can't believe are missing that they're saying going to be put in soon, uh, like a dark mode and a column view and the ability to... Um, you can't have multiple windows, which I don't think I mentioned last week. It didn't. I didn't realize it, but you can't like open an email in a window. It's just all in the one window. So they're going to add that. Uh, printing. You can't print. <laughs> this is something I discovered since last week. And you may say, Mike, why do you print? Well, I use print to PDF a lot for invoices. You can't do that at all in Spark 3 on the Mac. You know, and they've got this, like, they've put this roadmap out there, which I appreciate. But, like, I will once again ask the question, why did they do it now? Like, there's some of their stuff, their roadmap is saying, like, oh, like, within uh, the next few weeks or within the next month or whatever, we're going to have this, we're going to have that. It's like, well, if in one month time you were going to have this feature, that feature, that feature, why did you launch it now? So I'm still kind of just doing it because, like, as I mentioned, like, their whole process, the, the, the shared inbox and shared, like, messaging and conversation process that they have is really imperative for the way that I deal with a lot of email that I'm trying my best to go all in on their system. However, a few listeners reached out and said to me that I should try Missive, it's like another of these applications. Oh, this looks really nice. Um, I have yet to try it. I'm going to try it. I, I don't want to just jump into this kind of thing. So like all of this email is is I share all this stuff with just one person. It's Kerry, our head of sales, our VP of sales at Relay FM. We this is the person that I share email with and we communicate like in line in emails, you know, like uh, she might be sending an email backwards and forwards. She shares it with me, says like, what do you think of this? And like asks me a few questions. I answer those questions in line in the email that goes away. And like, I do the same with her. Like I'll share this thing, be like, what do you think about this? You know, that kind of stuff. Missive does all of that. 
and also looks a little more traditional as an yeah, email app. But Missive seems to lean into like this is a sales tool. Yeah. Right? But like that is what I'm using it for. But I like to use just one email app. So like I don't know what this is going to be like with all of my personal email as well. Right? Um, so I'll say I'm, I'm, I'm planning to try this. But my point is I need to talk to Carrie about it. Like to see if she's willing to try this. Because if she's not willing to try it, then I kind of can't do anything. However, she is not updated to Spark 3 yet because she's terrified now after my uh, upset about it. So maybe we'll try it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But like, it ain't great in Sparkland, is what Mm. I'll say. But they do at least seem focused on trying to change. So we have some real time follow. Uh, what's it called? Follow off. Depends what Anyway, it's so a real-time feedback. Okay. From one true John mm-hmm. saying, he texted me, LOL, listening to you guys, and I tried to get you to use Missive a year ago. I remember John recommended Missive. I didn't listen. John was right all along. Well, I think at the time, Spark was doing everything we needed, and mm. maybe Missive was a little bit like, oh, I don't know, it seems a bit salesy or whatever, but... Yeah, it does have that sort of vibe, like, yeah, sales tools, CRM. But, like, that is know? what I need, though. Like, that yeah. is what I'm using it for. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna, maybe going to try it out. Um, but that's just something that, like, if you're in the same boat as me, this is one to try. If you're not using any of the team sharing features and you're using Spark, I mean, there's, like, a million email apps you can move to instead. But Okay. So. Well, keep us posted on on this journey. Also, if you try Missive, I'm really curious about this because it does look very nice and more native and less uh, aspirational than Spark. Yep. That's a whole vibe killer uh, for I me. Need by the just way, a like practical, realistic email app. Yes. I don't need an ideological email app. It's I have. It's sort of related. I have a similar problem with text editors. Yeah. There used to be at some point a couple of years ago, I think it's that trend has since you know very much slowed down, thankfully. But there used to be this thing with this like text editors that were trying to you know the same things, like find your focus, um, you know, no distractions. And they were we used to have this expression, they were very opinionated. And the thing is, with time, I've come to understand that I don't need my software to have opinions. I have the opinions. The software should listen to me. It's not the other way around, mm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm using a tool. Like, I don't need you to lecture me. I don't need you to have your own thoughts. I don't need you to have your own opinions. I am using you because you are the instrument. I am the operator, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I used to have this similar problem. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I saw this bunch of text editors of a few years back, like, ooh, find your... F-. Like, some of them were playing, like, relaxing music as you typed it. I mean, come on. Yeah. This is, if I wanted to relax, I would have booked a massage, mm. not open a text editor, you know? So, yeah, I get you, Mike. I understand you. My email app doesn't need to have a vibe. Neither does my text yeah. editor, right? No, no vibes. Mm-mm. No vibes nope. here, please. No vibes, just, you know... Just, just the good stuff. Just what I need. Talking about vibes, Brent wrote mm. into the show and asked, mm. "I'm looking to buy a portable DAC to use with my M1 MacBook Ooh. Pro. What would you suggest?" Ah, uh, okay. So, well, this is a this is a complicated question because uh-huh. obviously we don't know anything about Brent. 
Uh, well, we know something about Brent. I think we know something pretty key about Brent. Brent is the kind of person that thinks that they need a portable DAC for their MacBook, right? That I think that's a pretty like that's a big piece of information right there. Brent, is what I'm going to say. Brent, Brent is right uh, because the built-in DAC on the MacBook Pro, is, I mean, it does the job. But the moment you try to connect any um, headphone that wants to draw a moderate amount of power, that's not going to work. So Brent. You are making the right decision. Now, obviously, I don't know what kind of setup Brent has, what kind of equipment, whether they are new to audio or not. Like, I don't know anything. But I will tell you this. Personally, I like to use a, a DAC that doubles as a portable one, but can also be used very okay. consistently as a desktop one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like a battery pack. Uh, it's called the X-Duo. That's X-D-U-O-O. The X Duo, it's the name of the brand, and the model is the XDO5 Balanced. It's called it's called Balanced, or sometimes you may find it abbreviated as XDO5 Val, uh, B-A-L, uh, because it comes with a balanced connector for 4.4 millimeter headphone jacks. Um, I really like this one because it's very compact, very dense, very high quality. Uh, it's got, you know, twisting the knobs on this thing feels very good. It's got switches for boosting your volume level, for boosting your gain. Um, it, it's got a mini OLED display that tells you your inputs, your sampling rates, uh, you know, where the audio is coming from, where it's going. Uh yeah, and I really like this one because you can. It's got two separate USB-C ports for charging and connecting via USB. Yeah, and I believe it also comes with Bluetooth. But you, Brent, if you're the type of person who's asking this question, you probably are not interested in Bluetooth. Um, so this one, I think it's a it's a very good, very good entry level uh, hybrid DAC that you can use on the go. Or you can place it on your desk, connect a USB-C cable, and uh, connect it to your MacBook Pro. And I think it's going to do the job. But, 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 I would also say Google, just use Google uh, for uh, best uh, DAC for MacBook Pro M1. Maybe also search Reddit. Um, I have never tried them myself, but I've seen a ton of people recommend one of the AudioQuest Dragonfly uh, USB DACs, one of the Cord once, like the Cord Hugo and the Hugo 2, I believe, they used to be highly recommended for multiple years. Um, the iFi, that's literally I-F-I, one of the iFi um, uh, USB DACs. So this is the one I use, but there's a whole world of USB DACs, whether they are portable, desktop, or a hybrid of the two. So just uh, do some research. This is the one I this is the one I do, but also do some research because you know what's best for you and your setup and your budget. Yeah, DAX, mm-hmm. which are different from ducks, really cute animals, but sound similar. They're not. New iPads may be coming. Mark uh-huh. Gurman is reporting that the previously mentioned in this episode, iOS 16.1, is slated for an October release, namely the end of October, final week of October. Um, this could suggest 
that if there is any iPad hardware, it would likely debut earlier that week. 9to5Mac says that Apple has previously announced new products pretty reliably during their October earnings week, which is the week of the uh, 24th as well, right? So the 27th of October is Apple's earnings call. And historically in October, when Apple's had new hardware, they have released it in that week means we could find out about it next week or we could find out about it the week after that, depending on how Apple is going to schedule uh, briefings or an event or a video or just a bunch of press releases and or when it appears in the store. But we have a kind of range of the next two weeks, I guess, for anything to appear. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know kind of what are the expectations for iPad hardware? Mm. What are they? Um, okay, so let, let's see. The first one, I think it's kind of obvious. The 11-inch iPad Pro doesn't have the fancy display tech from the 12.9, mm-hmm. uh, which used to be one of the, if not the complaint from the update last year. Uh, that we got the liquid Retina XDR display on the big one, but not on the small it's one. The mini LED, right? The mini LED, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I and I do believe that if that 11-inch iPad Pro gets mini LED, it becomes a very very compelling package because of the display scaling te- uh, feature in iPadOS 16. Having tried display scaling on the iPad Air. Which yeah, is I about the I same size. Yeah. I like it. It makes multitasking on a small iPad Pro so much better. Mm-hmm. There's gonna, there's another the the counter argument there. It's it's only nice because it kind of sucks on the big iPad Pro, where on the big iPad Pro you're still limited to four. So, so you know if the if the new iPad, I guess the question would be. If they do a new, I mean, they're doing new iPad Pros, but what if they do four apps on the 11-inch and six apps on the 12.9 because it comes with a bigger screen? Then I would say, mm, think about it. Whether so you, you really want to, you think that this new hardware they might actually do more with Stage Manager? I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about it because on the one hand, it would explain all this weirdness so late in the game. Right with stage manager, uh, there were there there are some precedents in 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 Apple history of like software being so broken on older hardware, and then the the new devices come out and 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 it's so much more stable on the new one, and you're like, huh, I see what they're doing here, and I see in where why there were certain bugs. Hmm. Now I am I'm thinking out loud here. But it's funny to imagine a scenario in which on the big iPad Pro, because of the physical size, you can do six apps on the M2, and on the small one, you can only do four. Counter-argument to that, imagine the people who get the 11-inch would would be so upset that not because of a technical limitation, but because of display size, they cannot use six apps at the same time. So, I don't know. But I do believe that the 11-inch, if it gets mini-LED, then it's a very compelling product because it's compact. It's a lot more usable in a portable scenario than the 12.9. It comes with display scaling. 
supports the Magic Keyboard, and it's kind of the ideal size, you know, for an iPad. Yeah, the 11-inch iPad Pro is the best iPad, like, yeah. I think, generally. But it has been held back by not having the best screen uh, technology. Yeah. M2, I mean, that's kind of a given, right? They're, they're doing the yes. M2 on these new iPads. Uh, why? Like, what What does it mean for us? Nothing. Well, in th- well nothing, right? <laughs> Most likely. Right. Most Considering likely. the M1 doesn't mean anything. If as soon as we got something where the M1 meant something, they went back on it. So So now <laughs> right? because they were because they were able to put stage manager sort of uh, how do they call it single screen the single screen mm. stage manager experience on the older iPads. Well, now we know that the M1 wasn't necessary for that. Yeah. The M1 is for the the external for displays, the external right? display mm. support. Mm. So uh Again, I could see another scenario in which M2 lets you do six or eight apps on an external display. Right. And M1 lets you do four. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, there was the rumor of the MagSafe connection, right? Yeah. Uh, but it was not the good MagSafe. It was the, the iPhone MagSafe. So the rumor, according to Mark Gurman, and I, I believe Mark hasn't spoken about this in a while. Yeah. But the rumor, according to Mark, was that Apple was considering wireless charging via MagSafe on the back of the new iPad Pros. A bunch of problems with that theory. First one, why? Like, does it, does it make any sense yep. to charge an iPad Pro like that? Uh, I mean, sure, it would free up the USB-C port if you're at a desk and you want a fast charge. You're going to just stick a MagSafe puck to the back of the Magic Keyboard, I suppose, and use the USB-C one for external display, which, I mean, okay, that's one theory. Um, I assume it'll have to work with the Magic Keyboard, Right, but that shouldn't be a problem because we have MagSafe cases on the iPhone that work through. You know, they have a pass-through for power and magnets, obviously. But really, there's. I was hoping that Apple would do the good MagSafe, like the Mac-style MagSafe. I think if they're uh, gonna do MagSafe, is that I don't think it's gonna be the the like puck right? style. It doesn't make like, sense. It doesn't it, make sense. It really doesn't. Yeah, I like don't. It. I I I don't. I don't see that happening. Personally, perhaps more RAM, right? Um, we we have how much do we have? Sixteen, thirty-two. We have thirty-two gigs on the iPad Pro right now. So maybe we're, maybe they're not gonna do sixty-four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems a a bit too much. But honestly, like I think if Apple is doing anything that may surprise us in terms of hardware, mini LED on the small one. And then I think we got to turn our attention to accessories. Yeah, accessories. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like it's been a couple of years. since It's been four years since an Apple Pencil redesign. And it's been two years since the Magic Keyboard came out. Mm-hmm. Because that was a pandemic product mm-hmm. from, the, for, from the first lockdowns. Yep. And I kind of want to see it. Well, it's, been, it's, it's, it's actually more than two years. And I kind of want to see Apple try something new. I think uh, Microsoft just showed off that they're doing some pretty new and interesting things in terms of keyboards and cases. I mean, you know me, I'm going to say that. Kickstands. Oh, <laughs> I, I, 
I want to see a Magic Keyboard that has more viewing angles, that has a bigger yeah. trackpad, that has a function row. Like, I, I want to see Apple try something else. Yeah, I don't want to see them do anything with the Apple Pencil except add a button to it. I think they've kind of hit the perfect, like, this is how mm. this thing should look, work, you know, like charging on the side. Like, it's perfect. Uh, I would like a function button rather than the tapping thing. I don't think that's where it worked yes. out very well. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see them at some point have another crack at the magic keyboard. Like, yeah. how can you make it better, right? Like, the, as you you just mentioned the key waves, right? Function row would be fantastic. Um, is it possible to put a larger trackpad on it? I, I don't know, but like, it would yeah. be nice if you could find a way to make it work. Um, and right, yeah, like the taking the the cantilever approach and pushing it further can you i don't know but i wouldn't have imagined they would have been able to make it work the way they made it work so mm. i'm i'm willing to be surprised yeah i, I if they want to fit a, a bigger trackpad and a functional they probably need to redesign the whole thing unless you add another folding element i guess to the back of the magic keyboard um in which case you would you would have more flexibility uh, in terms of the size of the base of the keyboard and the viewing angles. Um, I don't know, uh, but but uh, I I think I would love to see Apple try something else. Um, Magic Keyboard is fine. Um, it's not a it's not an a, like it's not my ideal keyboard. It gets the job done given the constraints. But what if Apple got rid of the constraints? That's what I'm wondering. Mm. And then I honestly, like, I don't know what else I, like, what else do I want from, I feel like what I want from an iPad Pro is not what I'm going to get with an update to this existing iPad Pro. Because what I want is a bigger iPad Pro. What I want is an iPad Studio that makes Stage Manager make even more sense on the iPad's display that has multiple USB-C ports. I want Apple. I want to see Apple try that. And what we're dealing with here instead is an update to the, to the existing form factor. It doesn't even sound like Apple is going to redesign these iPads. So, I mean, a second USB-C port would maybe be nice. But if you ask me, what's the single thing you you would be so excited about in a new iPad Pro? I would say maybe even more apps in Stage Manager, but like practically speaking, a brand new Magic Keyboard. And maybe, I guess one thing I would say is make it lighter if you can. That's not, that's always going to help, especially with the big iPad. Yeah. Um, reduce the size of the bezels, perhaps. Uh, otherwise, I I don't know because what I want is a bigger iPad. Yeah. Uh, I I I kind of feel like in this current design, the twelve point nine inch iPad Pro is, you know, th that's it. That that's what it is. That's what it can do. But hey, that's why I don't work at Apple's design team. Yeah. They can think about these brand new ideas. I cannot. I would. It's a very simple one. I would like to see the camera move to the long edge. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yes, good call, good call. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't even say I want to have both 
Touch ID and Face ID because I think Face ID is fine on the iPad when I'm working on the iPad and I'm, mm-hmm. and it's on my desk. The moment I open it, it unlocks. It's fine. Like I, I don't need that. Better speakers, sure, why not? Uh, Longer lasting battery, sure, why not? Yeah, they're um, all the basics, right? But they're never, yeah, gonna, I, I, not never. I don't imagine them changing the battery life. It's been that 10 hours forever, right? Like yeah. since the original one, they've just always aimed for that. And that's a good, it's good. Like iPad battery life is is you know, generally good. But yeah, they, they go like listing the things now where it's just like all of the stuff, make all of the stuff better, right? But, but, perhaps, perhaps if they do MagSafe, it would be nice to see like the real good fast charging on on the iPad Pro, like the ninety six watt fast charging, like right. on the fourteen inch MacBook Pro. And that now would that be would maybe be a benefit of going the Mac route mm. rather than the um, mm-hmm. the I- iOS mm-hmm. the, the iPhone route. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, I want to see what they do. I want, in, especially in terms of accessory accessories, that would also explain. Here's my here's my other theory. If they are doing new things in terms of trackpads and keyboards, maybe it would also explain some of the weirdness that we're seeing lately, like yeah. what we were just discussing yeah. a few minutes ago. Yeah. Right? I can see um, that. But I don't know, because I was talking about this stuff uh, with friend of the show, Steve Trump-Smith, of course, and... Steve suggested that this is maybe a bigger issue than just, you know, an accessory uh, because it it does seem like iPadOS at the moment is all kinds of weird when it comes to actually uh, registering system events like touches and drags and... Oh, that's good. Long presses. That's what you want. That's what you want. And I get it. And I get it that that if you think about it, it's a very very delicate balance that you got to strike there, right? Uh, because now you have all these different types of, of clicks and touches that you can have. Uh, you can click once on the multitasking menu uh, up in the title bar, quote-unquote title bar of a window. Or you can just click it outside of the menu. Or you can long press it. Or you can put the cursor on the edge to resize it. Like, you have very little space to accommodate, what, five different types of actions? So, look, I get it that it's a very delicate balance that you need to strike. Mm-hmm. But I'm also looking at the calendar, and it's mid-October. So, mm. yeah, you know, how you know, how long does this uh, delicate balance take will be my question. But regardless, new iPad Pros to sum up. Better display on the small one would be super nice um real magsafe on the on on both models hopefully that's what they do instead of iphone style magsafe and the basics covered but then i want to see new accessories that's how i would sum it up and stage manager who knows like something else that i was thinking about imagine if they release these ipads right mm-hmm and it turns out Stage Manager is super stable on these iPads. Now, there are some underlying, not some, there are many underlying design issues mm-hmm. with Stage Manager that are worth talking about, which I will. But imagine if Stage Manager turns out to be the, the most stable it's ever been, only on new hardware. 
and on all the hardware, it sucks. I, that would be awkward, right? I mean, or there's like, it probably feels like, Oh, just like blind hope at this point that like <laughs> yeah, there, I'm just there's like another version that they'll eventually merge in and it fixes everything and the reason is because they were doing some new stuff but like that kind of thing at this stage I feel like that just sounds de- like a desperate man's yeah, wish yes look and I am a desperate man yeah yeah wishing yeah. so yeah like I, I am I am at that point uh, of my of my extended summer, if you think about it, mm. summer that lasts through October. This long is summer. Uh, this is what they meant for climate change, by the way. Uh, Just this is exactly beta release times. Yeah, this is exactly why they were warning us. Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, maybe we'll get an announcement of some kind. Uh, I mean, they're not doing an event. I have to assume. Well, right? it seems like it. We don't know it, the answer to that, but it, it seems like it. Seems like it. There's been no movement on that front in terms of rumors. Only German sort of speculating slash uh, thinking out loud maybe that they're going to do press releases. So maybe they're going to do press releases um, next week or the week after that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we'll know. But otherwise, I would expect these iPad Pros to be a relatively minor spec bump. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas' mission is simple, to make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold of an equal item donated. So, when you buy Bombas, you're also giving to someone in need. Bombas designed their socks and shirts and their underwear to be the clothes that you will want to put on every single day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. There is a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do. They come in tons of options, like comfy performance styles made with sweat-wicking yarns to mean that your feet will stay cool while the rest of you is working up a sweat. And their no-show socks are designed for comfort while being specifically engineered to never fall down. So, you can let your ankles be free to soak up any sunlight and also be ready for the workouts that you want to be doing. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams and soft fabrics with the perfect weight so they hang just right. And their underwear is breathable, fits well, and has a barely there feel to maybe make you forget they're even there in a good way. I absolutely adore Bombas socks. Uh, I just bought a bunch recently uh, to just continue getting rid of all of my other socks from my sock drawer because as soon as I went to Bombas, I didn't want anything else. And so I'm replacing all of them. I love the seamless, like the seamlessness, how seamless they are with their seamlessness. That's good. I find that very comfortable mm-hmm. because in other socks, it just doesn't feel right to have those seams. They never seem to be where I want them to be. The seams are never where I seem to want the seams to be. Anyway, did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That is why Bombas donates one for every item that you buy. And so far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com connected and use the code connected for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash connected and use the code connected at checkout. That is Bombas dot com slash connected, the code connected. Our thanks to Bombas for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. Federico, do you have AirPods Pro 2? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. But I think you have more thoughts about them than me. Yeah. Because I haven't used them outside as much in terms of uh, noise cancelling and whatever. 
Okay. Yeah. Mm-mm. Uh. Why? Ah, uh, because I've just been so busy going buying furniture and talking to people and finishing things around the house. Right. And and when I'm not, I'm usually writing. And I when I'm in in the writing stage, I find it difficult to listen to music. And obviously, I cannot listen to podcasts when I'm yeah. writing. So yeah. I assume, like me, you can't listen to like uh, music of words in it, right? If you're writing, nope, yeah. nope. Sometimes video game soundtracks are good. Um, mm. Just uh, instrumental things are good. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been using them. Otherwise, yeah. Okay. Just uh, I have a few thoughts as well. All right. Well, I use them a lot, and I've been using these every day for the last okay week, maybe. Um, I wanted to try out the extra small ear tips. Like I was intrigued about those to see if they would be uh, not necessarily more comfortable, but I've spoken about this before. The, the, the left AirPod for me always falls out. I don't know why this is. I, I've always had that issue with in-ears. Um, the left will, will at some point just fall out and I or it will start to come loose and I have to adjust it. Uh, the extra small tips don't feel secure in my ears at all. Um, I wondered if it was maybe they were too big or too small. I don't, but anyway, I'm sticking with the small. Um, I did find, and this might just be a thing of having used the same pair of AirPods for like two years, that the ear tips feel grippier, like they're from, made from a grippier rubber. But I don't know if that's the case. Uh, similarly, speaking of case, the new AirPods Pro case feels heavier to me. I didn't weigh them. It feels heavier, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like the new case. I like the audio sounds. I like the charging sound, especially you know, you put them on a Qi charger and you know they're charging because it makes a little noise. I like that. I have noticed that the AirPods case makes a noise sometimes when I put the AirPods in them. I haven't worked out what that means. Maybe it means I need to charge it. I'm not sure. I have yet to kind of work that one out. Neither have I looked into it. I'll leave it a mystery. Uh, also, the case, I like that it has the U1 thing like with the Find My like I just like that it has that I like that you can make it play a sound all around great improvements to the case uh, they've put that little lanyard thing there you've seen that right Federica the little thing you put yeah. a lanyard through I saw online that uh, they're using that as an antenna I think that's why it's uh. there they needed a metal antenna and so they were like what can we do here and they decided to put the lanyard thing in because I always thought that was weird it was just like that just seemed like yeah, a strange thing to add but that, I think the U1 chip uses that metal area as a antenna. So, Interesting. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, I've noticed the audio sounding immediately different. Even with podcasts, it sounds better. It feels like the bass is stronger. Like I noticed this on people with deeper voices. Like that there's it just sounds better for that. Uh, however, I have noticed like with some videos that I watch, like I watch some video podcasts where they have a tendency to bang the desk way more distracting because it's picking up those frequencies more, which I just found was like a funny thing. I was like, oh, this is weird, but it does it. Uh, The noise cancelling, much stronger. Um, Yes. Now, it does not feel comfortable for me to have noise cancelling on with no audio playing. Like, it feels too strong. If I'm listening to audio, not a problem at all. But if I, like, pause the audio... And on noise cancelling, I feel the noise cancelling in a way that doesn't feel particularly comfortable for me. Um, 
the, the, the active transparency mode, I have yet to experience this in any way that I feel to be what they're talking about. Maybe I just haven't hit it but yet, but like, you know, I've been in some areas where I feel like this is loud and it's nothing's changing. So I don't know if maybe I've just not experienced the right volumes for that, but I'm, you know, I'm sure it's there, but transparency mode is always great. Still sounds fantastic, but I've just yet to come into a scenario where like a, uh, I feel like it's dipping the audio at the right time. I haven't noticed that. The volume adjustment is taking me some time to get used to. Yeah, I cannot. I can never get it to work. So, so I will tell you from my experience, maybe this is just a case of like if you use them more. Because at first, like I couldn't do it. And also I was having, I was struggling to get the uh, gesture right for changing between noise cancelling and transparency. I think they've tweaked it a little bit because I think now they're looking for multiple touches on that thing, right? So like I think... Maybe the algorithm is like, are they trying to adjust the audio or change? And it's not sure. But the, over the last few days, especially, I'm noticing a much better success with both of these. And I think that's just a muscle memory thing. So like I've now kind of worked out the exact way in which I need to place my fingers to get the volume adjustment to work. And so now like now I'm on it. I love it. I love that I can change the volume now just using my fingers. One thing I've noticed, doesn't do well with wet hands. Don't know why. Mm. Like, mm. but the noise can't, like you can still do the change to noise cancelling, change to transparency easy. But like if I'm, my hands are wet, like I'm doing the washing up or whatever, uh, it doesn't do a great job with the volume. Maybe it's the swiping gets in the way. It's like a funny thing, but I do really like it. Uh, I really like that it's there. Um, Overall, great update. I'm happy they made the update. I, I really wanted to update mine because the battery was was failing in my original AirPods. Like any of these little changes would have been enough for me, but I think overall it's like a great package of stuff. Uh, I'm very happy with the AirPods Pro 2. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the sound quality, like I could immediately tell that it was so much better than the first yeah. generation ones. Yeah, that's something that I've spoken about on the show a bunch, right, where I feel like I, I, I don't know how good I am at telling that stuff, but I could immediately tell that there was a difference. So mm. You mentioned that you like the audio chime that tells you when it's charging. Um, I hate it. Okay. Is there a way to, is there a way to disable it? Do you I know? I think there is, yes. In okay, the, perfect. Yeah, why? Why? I, why do you not like uh, it? Because it bothers me when I place them on my nightstand at night, and right. the sound, you know, may wake Sylvia. So you don't want to make noise where you don't need to. I don't. I don't like my things to make noises ever. Like just, just don't be quiet. Like mm -hmm. that's okay. if you can tell that's my relationship with objects. Like I don't need you to have opinions. I need you to be quiet. Like I'm using you the way I like you to. You know. Anyway. Good that there's a setting. Thank you for telling me that. I should go look for that. And I guess I gotta get used to the gesture for swiping and for the volume control. Because I can never get it to work and I got frustrated after, you know, the third time that, you know, I felt kind of silly just rubbing my ear like that. I was like, you know, whatever. I'm just gonna change from control center. Uh, I'm gonna try again. I... I will say that I do kind of miss the longer stem of AirPods. The original? Yeah. That's a weird thing to be feeling now. Okay. 
Yeah, it's a feeling that I've developed with time. Okay. And I think I miss it because it made AirPods easier to grab. I don't miss the design of the inner part of like AirPods 1 and AirPods 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way that the AirPods Pro fit my ears better. But I miss the longer stem. It was easier to grab. And especially now, I can imagine with volume control, it would have been so much easier. I don't know. I feel like I'm always fumbling to grab my AirPods Pro in a way that I never was with the AirPods 1 and 2. So they're never going to bring him back. But I, I just, I, 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 I am now feeling that it was easier to use. And as a funny aside, Sylvia is still using AirPods 2 and she doesn't want to update to the new ones with the new design. And I don't know what to tell her. What? what? So. AirPods. Oh, you remember? Air- regular AirPods? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's um, there's nothing. She's just going to have to use that pair forever then, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, uh, they're not going to, there's nothing. Maybe they'll change the design again. Maybe she'll like a new design more, you know? Like, Maybe. who knows? Maybe. Maybe. We can only yeah. hope, right, for her sake. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I finally locked you in for an episode. There's yet to be any disasters, any traumas. Do you have any opinions on the Apple Watch Ultra? <laughs> don't you do this to me. I will not accept this. All right. You think you're very funny over there, don't you? <laughs> Think you're very funny. Ha ha. <laughs> Everyone's laughing. You're such a comedian. <laughs> I kind of thought about hanging up the Zoom call, yeah. actually. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. Um, look, yes, I do. Um, I think the Apple Watch Ultra is a, is a, is a very good Apple Watch for a, for a very particular niche of people. Mm-hmm. I don't... I actually even think that it will look pretty good on my wrist. I'll tell you that. I think I, 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 I wouldn't mind it as, a, as an object, as an accessory to wear. I just feel like, personally, it'd be kind of useless for me. Like, if you came to me and you'd be like, Tichi, I'm a very good friend. I bought you an Apple Watch Ultra. I'd be like, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm going to use it. Like, as a gift, I would gladly accept it. Yeah, but if you ask me, hey, do you, how much does it cost? Eight hundred, nine hundred? It's like eight hundred. It? It's like eight hundred. Yeah, like would you spend that kind of money on an Apple Watch that you know as like essentially for me, it would come down to would you, you spend? You surely spent that money on an Apple Watch before, like one of the sure. steel ones or whatever. Exactly, and if you remember last year, yeah, I remember. I had this realization that like. I'm not going to spend money on Apple Watches again. Yeah, you like, went down to aluminium, right? I went down to the basic one. Mm-hmm. Not even cellular anymore. Because I'm not living that whole fantasy of, oh, leave your iPhone. On. We're never gonna, I'm never going to leave my iPhone at home. Let's face I it. Rem- I'm, not- I'm sure I remember you said you used to do this. That you would leave your iPhone at home and go Absolutely. and take the dogs for a walk. Years ago, okay. I, I tried it. I did it. I when I was on a cellular plan for years, but then it's one of those things where you have these high expectations 
and you live in this fantasy and like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then over time you start doing it less, but you were like, I'm still doing it. Uh, and progressively so with less enthusiasm mm. than before. And then I just realized, you know, I like having my iPhone with me. If something happens and I want to take a picture or I need to record a video or I want to have a proper phone call without looking like a secret agent, you know, like I like having my phone with me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I realized it buying the basic version of, a, of an Apple Watch makes it easier to sell in the future. That's something else that I realized with time. It's impossible to sell expensive Apple Watches on the used market. Like Nobody wants one. People just want a basic Apple Watch for sports tracking Unless and Unless you heart had rate. the ceramic. I made a killing when I ate selling my ceramic. I'm sure. But like the, the, the middle market for the steel Apple Watches, like, I don't know, nobody yeah. wants them. Or at least, you know, my group of friends. Yeah. Maybe I have cheap friends. I don't know, but they, they don't, they never wanted it. So the Apple Watch Ultra. I would spend you know, double the money for a bigger screen and the action button. And how would, would I use the action button? Running shortcuts on, on it. Shortcut on it, even, baby! No, it's not even fun. Running shortcuts on WatchOS, <laughs> not fun. Not fun. Why would I do it? So hmm. I, I am, look, all jokes and funny podcast persona aside, aside, get out of here, jokes. I am fascinated by the Apple Watch Ultra. Mm-hmm. I think it would actually look good on me. DJ would look great on you. But I don't need it. If I had to spend, yeah. I, I would rather spend 2,000 euros on a 4090 GPU than 800 mm. on an Apple Watch Ultra. Yep. Because at least I know that I would, I'm going to use the 4090 a lot for gaming. Have Just, you seen one? Not in person. Mm, no. Okay. Mm, mm, okay. Well, you think I will suddenly fall in love I'm not saying you'll suddenly fall in love I'm not saying that but you know there is a potential of it being an object of desire right like you see it and you're like ooh you know what that looks real nut. you know what I mean like I'm not saying you're gonna do that I know that's why like for me why I have not seen one is because I am convinced that that will happen to me that I will see one and be like oh man I really like the way that looks and I put it on and be like ooh this looks real good on me and then I will buy one. Like that's what I imagine will happen, which is why I have avoided Apple stores and will continue to avoid Apple stores for the foreseeable future for this reason because I don't I don't want to do it. So I'm not saying you will do this. I'm just saying I could imagine there is a possibility, right? Cuz sometimes it's just like it's a fashion thing. You, you go you see a thing you like, you're like, "Ooh, that would look good on me." And then you buy it, you know? Mm. So I just wondered, I just wondered if you'd seen one. I haven't seen one seems unlikely that I would go the impulse purchase route with it. Like, ooh, I like it. I'm going to get it. Um, but I under, like I understand. I know that it will look good on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I know. John, John did this. The one through John yep. has an Apple Watch Ultra yep. now. I know. He kept See, it as a surprise for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I've been following the Teachy playbook in terms of surprises and not telling me things anymore until, you know. He springs an on me at the very last moment. You two have a very weird relationship. Uh, you and you OTJ. Think? You think? 
Because you keep the secrets from each other all the time. But it makes for good entertainment. No, I know. I don't know why you do it, but it's very fun. It's very funny. It's like a as both a consumer of content that you produce yeah. and friends of the both of you. It results in like, an especially in our small friend group, right? Which is like me, you, Stephen, and OTJ. We talk all the time. We have a group chat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where like there is this staging of people finding out things <laughs> about each other. So like the other day, episode of Max Stories something came out, one of the expanded universe of products. And might have been App Stories actually. And then Steven sent a text to the group and he's like, Oh, OTJ. And I'm like, Oh, what did he do? So then I had to then go, you know, to the podcast and like listen to the the segment and then find out that he bought an Apple Watch. Yeah, this is a very strange relationship that we all have. Because yeah. of the surprises, uh, you, you gotta do it for it. the show, man. I know you gotta, do it, you gotta do it for the show. We do a lot of things for the show, right? We are for the show, people. Like for the content, you gotta do it for the content. But it does result in a like a strange mixture of these two things, where like friends and also <laughs> content creators. It's very yes. strange. Yes, you you touched on a very interesting point. On a very interesting point, I think, because I do this all the time. I can mm-hmm. sometimes I keep things from you and Steven, other times from John. And yep. now John has started doing it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's from the outside, I think it looks and sounds extremely weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now, now it's infecting me because I've been thinking about it. I was like, oh, maybe <laughs> I should just buy an Apple Watch Ultra and just like talk about it on Cortex and like none of them will know. You know what I mean? But like, no, yeah. I, I'm not going to succumb to this to this Max. Sto- I don't work but for Max Stories. Fun. But it's fun. Do it. Give into it. It's well, it's a maybe fun way to live your life. But my, I am not planning on the Apple Watch Ultra being that thing. Look, keeping se- keeping small secrets is a very healthy thing. Like generally speaking, <laughs> I don't know about that. I it don't know if I can necessarily fire, sign it on. It keeps the fire alive. It keeps you on your toes. It's 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 good to to have little you know healthy, non dangerous, um, ethically right. Secrets. Yeah. I think a better way to say it is keeping small, harmless secrets. Yes. Is fun. I'm not sure about healthy. Yes. Like, I don't know if healthy is the right <laughs> word, but like, that is my addendum. <laughs> small, harmless secrets yes. is fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's spicy, you know? Spicy secrets. <laughs> Gotta keep the passion alive of OTJ. You don't want him getting bored, you know? Exactly. Like, mm. you know, we run this thing together. Might mm. as well, uh, you know. It's you know surprise your partner. (laughs) It works. (laughs) Find some flowers every now and then, you know. (laughs) Keep the romance going. Uh, About ten minutes ago, Stephen texted me and he said, "How's the show?" Which is just funny to me. He texts me and he's like, "How's the show?" How's the show? Yeah, and I just thought it was very funny for him to text me and ask me how the show's going. I just, just tell him funny. Federico got so upset he quit the show. Well, I, I, find I already anymore. said to him it was going well. I said, "LOL, it's right. going well," and he said, "Oh boy," and I was like, "Oh no, no." I just thought it was funny <laughs> that you texted me to it's, ask me. What? It doesn't trust us to do a good job. I'm not, I, just, I don't really know why he did it. I mean, I this said, is maybe fine, we Dad. need to be forcing him to relax, you know? Like, that's yes, what we need see? to be doing. That's that's what I told you before. Yeah. Like, he, he can't relax. Yeah, he's not relaxing. It's he's not supposed relaxing. to be should on be, vacation. And, should uh, be out there in the woods, fishing, the you know, hunting mm-hmm. 
whatever breaking men, products. real men like him do. Do you think that he his uh, Apple Watch is going to survive this trip? Oh, absolutely not. Oh no, no. He's gonna okay. he's gonna crack it. You know? I would love him to break it. It'd be so funny if he also breaks the big strong watch. You know, what are the things that Steven does? Like he's gonna cross like a like a like a creek or something. Yeah, and he's gonna slip um, without hurting himself. Hopefully, the watch. but the, the, watch. the watch takes the full brunt of the impact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it, speaking it of impact, my iPhone yes. came back today repaired. Really? Yep. So it's all new again. It's all done. Screens are replaced. Twenty-five pounds. So, now I'm okay. going to sell it. Okay. Perfect. Nice. So, very timely accident. Uh, can I ask you this? Oh. Yep. Couldn't you have done this last year and saved you all the drama? And well, the yes trouble? and no. I mean, it took over a week. Like, I would have had no fun mm. for a week because oh, okay. I did you the express a, thing. You don't have a spare thing. You no, and I also, mm. I didn't want to do it in case they're like, haha, we know what you did, right? And then they won't give me my phone back, you know? Who's who's they? Apple Care. Uh, uh, I mean, just go to a different Apple store. I I mean, I ended up just doing the thing. I don't know if you know, but this is called Express Replacement, where you do it all online and they just mail you a box and you just put the thing in the box and send it back to oh, them. okay. So I did that so I didn't have to waste my time going to Apple stores and waiting in lines and talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just send it off to them, which, you know, that takes the time that it takes or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I could have done it, yes, but I wasn't confident that it was going to work. So I decided to just live with the scratches. Um, but now uh, I'm going to sell it off and uh, make some money back for my new iPhone. So Nice. Hooray. Well done. This episode of Connected is brought to you by FitBod. Between having to balance your work life and your family life and everything else going on in your life, it can sometimes be hard to make fitness a priority. What you need is a program that works with you and not against you, and that's why you need FitBod. For me, and I would suggest for you too, trying to compete and do what other people do when it comes to fitness does not work for me. When I was able to find my own path in fitness, that is when it has stuck in my life. And FitBod put me on that path and continues to be a guide for me. With FitBod, I feel like it is learning about what I'm doing. And I know that it is. FitBod has a really smart algorithm. It's whether you work out twice a week, twice a day, no matter what, it learns from what you're doing and plans out your next workout to be even better. It tracks your muscle recovery to balance your exercises so you're not doing the same things over and over again. And this is good for two reasons. One, you won't get bored. And two, you're not going to overwork any muscles or areas of your body because it's finding that balance. This is when fitness can stick, when you're going to see the results that you're looking for because you're going to find something that is for you. And FitBod uses a ton of data that is super smart to create and adjust a dynamic fitness plan that you have access to from anywhere in their awesome app so you can make progress on your goals whenever and wherever you want. The app is really easy to use. It's got a great new design. It features HD video tutorials shot from multiple angles, so everything you're learning is a breeze. And it also integrates with your Apple Watch, your Wear OS smartwatch, and with apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health to help give you that full picture of your uh, health plan. 
personalized training of this quality can be really expensive, but FitBot is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. Plus, you can get 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbod.me slash connected. So go now and get your own customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash connected. 25% off is available to you at fitbod.me slash connected. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. Federico, did you pay any attention to the Google Pixel event last week? Uh, you don't need to have, have. I didn't watch it. I just watched a bunch of videos afterwards. No, I, no, but I skimmed the headlines in my RSS reader. As, as one does. So I am somewhat familiar with the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Talking yeah. about headlines and just where I've, I've gone to The Verge now and where I'm going to be putting the show notes link in, I'm going to say... I really like The Verge's new design. It took a bit to stick with me, uh, but I really like it. I know it's divisive and I understand why, but I just want to go on record and say I like it. And I really uh, like their little story stream thing where their writers just get to say, like, basically do tweets. Uh, I like it. I think The Verge, what I'll say is I think The Verge's website now is way easier to navigate than it used to be. Like, whether you like the the fonts or not, like, they actually just have a list of stories. They're not, like, broken down into weird categories or anything anymore. I just want to put that on the record. You don't need to disagree with me because I know most people in our no. corner of the internet don't like it. I just want to put out there into the world that I like it, you know, because I just want to be that voice, you know. Okay. So that's out Good there. For you. Okay? Yes. Thank you. Okay. You know what? Thank yes. you very much. If Google's you like it, great. Okay. Pixel tablet, which they pre-announced in June have mentioned again in yes, September, yes. October, which is still not coming out until 2023. Oh, God, why? Which is <laughs> a very funny, like, they just keep talking about it. It's going to have a feature which is so good. They are going to have a speaker dock that you can put the tablet on and I it becomes it. a Google this. Nest Home Hub. Hub. Oh, Oh, uh, we were just speaking about new iPad accessories. I kind of want this, I want but it's this. a HomePod. Yes. I wa- can you do Apple? Can you do this, but it's a HomePod, please? Well, I mean, oh. what I want them to do. I mean, honestly, this is something I want me and Jason to talk about this for a while anyway. Like, I want Apple to really lean into this stuff. And like, it's HomePod audio, but with a new home design right? That integrates the home app and widgets, right? Like it's a home OS, right? It's like a whole new thing that I really hope that they're doing, that there's been rumors of. Mark Gurman spoke about it a few times. Different devices, like there's like a HomePod with a screen and also an Apple TV of an integrated HomePod and camera, right? Like like a full-on thing, which all of that sounds awesome. I want them to do it. But this thing from Google is, I think it's genius, right? Like it is such a smart way to get people to be interested in this product. Because now I'm like, do I want that? Maybe I want that. Because with our new friend Matter, having a product like this can be way more easily integrated into your existing smart home setup, right? You don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to be all in on Google now. No, if you've got Matter products, well, you can just now bring this in and now you can have this really cool uh, like home hub thing and it's going to work way better because and the reason I say this we are big Echo Show fans in the Hurley household 
Uh, it's a good thing to have like a, a screen that has your timers on when you're running them. And we really like the uh, digital picture frame kind of aspect of it, right? But we have one of the old Echo Shows. We have like the Echo Show 10 from a few generations ago. And now the Echo Show 10 is this like iMac G4 thing where it's got like a big cylinder and the screen is on an arm and it moves around. And it, that's more than I want. It's like way too involved. Like I'm not, I don't want that. I just want something that is more just screen, right? Like sm- more compact, but still the same kind of size. Because they make an Echo Show 8, but I don't want to go down to the 8 inch because then it's smaller. I like the size. But this is like, oh, okay. That is a 10 inch screen. Looks pretty nice. And like the dock part of it is small and the screen is still low to the ground. And it's not like built around the idea that I'm going to be having video calls on it. That's why the Echo Show 10 now has that arm. So like if you're doing video calls, it like can follow you around. And that's great if you're the one person that uses the Echo for video calls, right? But like I'm not that one person, so I'm not interested. But this product is like... I think I might be a little more interested as like a thing that could integrate into my smart home and I could use like the Google Home app, which I think is the main thing on the Nest Hub or whatever it is going to use. I just think it's a very cool idea. I don't expect it to be a good necessary like tablet for me, like specs wise or OS wise, but as a product, I think it's kind of cool, right? I kind of love this. Right. I really like this. I think it's super clever. I think they have gone from the original announcement to this announcement of like, why on earth are you doing this, Google? This seems like a pointless endeavor to, you know what? That's really smart. You know what I mean? And so now I'm like looking at them and I'm like, huh. So somebody over there has got their head screwed on, right? Right? Like you can someone, this is smart. Yeah, because you you are effectively finding a whole new purpose for a tablet in the home yep. without changing the nature. This is exactly like, you know, me, I'm going to bring this up. This is exactly what I mean about the iPad and the modular nature, nature of a computer. Yep. Like a modular computer, you can fit it into different contexts. This is exactly what I mean. Like it's still the same tablet, it's still that device, but if you attach it to this other thing, it kind of changes completely what it does. Mm-hmm. I think it's so clever. Um, I would have to use I would have to use a, a Google Pixel tablet though, like like because we are going to be in the market for all these things soon enough. Yep. Right. Once we're done with furniture, we're going to take a serious look at like okay. And you're smart going home. into like smart home at just the right time. It's like just the right and time. And like yeah. new house, like mm-hmm. I'm starting fresh. Yeah. All right. And, and like, I'm going to be this taking is a look. Like, this, the, the world of smart home is about to go bananas with this matter stuff. Like we're yes. going into like a whole new. I will just say, I'll give a bit of follow out to upgrade this week. I looked into matter because it's just standardized a bit more. There was some stuff that I fundamentally did not understand about matter, which I do now, which has made me even more excited about it. So if you're keen, I would recommend you go and listen to that. Awesome. We'll do. It's still in my queue. Thank you. Um, I was catching up on my upgrade backlog. Uh, you don't need to from... do that, but I appreciate that you, that you do. Oh, no, I like it because it's it's like um, 
I, I find it very relaxing to mm. listen to you and Jason. Because also because I haven't seen you guys this year. That's so, true. Yeah. Or not just this year. <laughs> it's been, well, many, it's been yes. many years now. Yes. Um so I, I'm kinda I'm kind of in love with this. Hmm. But th- see the thing is, okay, let's say that I that I buy this. Yeah. But then I end up with a Google Pixel tablet. What am I gonna do with it? Well, I mean, you know? its primary use will be to be your home hub, right? Like, that's its primary use. You would buy this instead of uh, a home hub, right? So you, you get this thing mm. and you're like, okay, instead of like a uh, an Echo or some other like Nest product, I'm going to use this one. But then you also have a tablet that could do mm-hmm. media stuff, Maybe not for you, but maybe for somebody else in the home. Um, you could you, it being an Android device would make it infinitely better at anything you might want to use it for than uh, uh, an Amazon device. So like, oh you know, yeah, just from like a responsiveness level. So like, you know, they're always talking about like you can watch video on the Echo Show, and I'm like, I don't want to do that because this <laughs> UI is a disaster. But if it's an Am- if it's a, an Android tablet. It's like, I know how to do this. I know how to make this mm. work. Like, this is going to feel better. I would very happily put watch YouTube on this or whatever or, you know, browse the web for a recipe and it's going to be vastly more responsive than the Echo Show product lineup is. Yeah. Oh, Jazz has a very good idea from the Discord. Uh, use it as a rune tablet for music around the house. There you go. Uh, that's an excellent idea because we'll also be taking like audio and, and smart home stuff is going to mm-hmm. be the very last thing we do here. Um, but yeah, that's also a very good idea. And I mean, it's Android. Obsidian runs on it. I'm just saying. Um, but see, I, I mean, ideally the dream, right? The dream would be that you have an iPad mm-hmm. and you place it on a HomePod dock. Yep. And when you do, the iPad switches to a specialized UI, sort of like CarPlay, but for the home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, imagine that. Mm-hmm. And then you grab it, and off you go. It's an iPad again. Uh, you know? Are they going to do it? I, f- I really feel like they should. I think they're going to do something, and I don't think it's going to be soon. Wait a second. Wait, Wait a, second. a second. Wait a second. Okay, be, be Galaxy Brain yes. time Give it over to here. Mm-hmm. Just a few minutes ago, we were saying they're never going to... Why would they do the iPhone-style MagSafe on the iPad? It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But it does make sense if you're placing the iPad on a dock like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Mm. We'll see. I mean, they've got like two weeks to surprise us. Otherwise, uh, Google's just got itself two new customers, you know, mm. sometime in 2023. <laughs> I mean, and all of this works with matter, you you said. Yeah, it should do. I mean, Google's Home app is a matter controller, um, and can, like Apple's Home app is, and so anything within the matter system will be able to be controlled by this device. Yes. Oh, this is so exciting! Mm-hmm. Like I can buy. I'm gonna buy all new lights compatible yep. with matter. All uh, Philips Philips are updating all their hubs, so that's all excellent. gonna work. So you're still gonna need a hub, but that's gonna happen uh, for matter. For Philips, you do because of the way for they Philips use their do. their stuff. But you don't need 
matter hubs unless something like so uh if you have a lot of thread devices you might need a thread hub to connect that because thread doesn't talk to the internet and like it doesn't have networking it's like radio mm-hmm. um so it, it has to have some kind of networking component but a thread like just one hub in the house for your thread devices could make it work but if you're buying all new stuff you could just get all things that are matter certified which can be new and old products like a bunch of devices can be and will be updated to support matter um, you don't have to buy all new things. So like so that Philips are updating the firmware on their hubs and all of their devices will be Matter com- com- compatible. Okay, okay. So a Google Pixel tablet. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let's see what Apple does with the new ones. They're not going to do this. <laughs> they're not gonna, they're I'm not convinced. <laughs> I will be willing to put money down on this. Like Maybe they'll do it in the future. It's not going to come in the next month yeah yeah because i just think that they would they would do it as part of a broader strategy which they don't seem to have right now but maybe could be building is that concerning that they still don't have one no 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 i'm not i'm not concerned because i feel like they are turning their attention back to it and so that's to me fine um if they weren't in the matter alliance i would be worried Mm. but they are and they are contributing quite heavily and so i'm not so concerned about their home strategy because they whoever's running apple's home strategy considers this to be important like being in matter is important and it is so the fact that they have realized that and realized that so much that they actually help form the whole thing makes me feel comfortable that they are willing to compete. Because that's what this is going to do. Matter is going to have to make people compete because it's still not going to make sense to have, you know, like it's not going to necessarily make sense to have a HomePod anymore because, oh, you want to have a Home Hub as well as having mm-hmm. the audio. Well, no, you don't even need that. You can use anything, so... Yeah, you can mix and match things. Yeah, way more. Yeah. So uh, it's gonna. I think it's gonna accelerate development in home automation gear and like smart home gear. At the same time, uh, like competition will increase and development will increase. So I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty bullish, as they would say. Very nice. All right. I think that's it for this episode of Connected. Uh, I would like to thank our sponsors of this week's episode, Fitbod, Bombus, and Indeed. If you'd like to find Federico's work online, you can go to maxstories.net, and he is at Fetici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Stephen will be back next week. We wish Stephen a very happy rest of his vacation and force, and we put into the, the world, Stephen, we force you to relax, okay? So mm-hmm. no more texts during the show, although... I mean, he's only got like a minute more and he's not going to hear it. But nevertheless, it doesn't matter. Uh, thank you for supporting the show with a Connected membership. Go to getconnectedpro.co and you can hear me and Federico this week talk about ray tracing and graphics cards. If that's the kind of thing you dig, getconnectedpro.co. Thank you to everybody that supports the show. If you do that, you get a bunch of benefits as well as the extra content. Also, no ads for you. Um, thank you to everybody that supports the show thusly. Did you expect me to say thusly? I didn't expect to no, say thusly. Once again, my brain and my mouth have disconnected and words is just pouring out. Mm. So with that, I will say goodbye. Say goodbye, Federico. Goodbye.